Hello, uh, welcome to Grillby's. Can I take your order? Hey, yeah, could I grab a number one with a small drink, please? Uh, is that all you're gonna need today? Actually, could I grab another medium? How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Soapstone. My name is Jake. I am joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Well, it's actually terrible. Unrelated, though, what are we talking about today, Jake? Today, we are talking about one of the best games ever made, as considered by some people. Myself, Near. one of them. Automata! Oh Near my god! Automata. I love that game. That's good. You're going to have to. I have no notes prepared for it because we're talking about oh. Undertale. Oh, that is also a good game. <laughs> yeah, Undertale Undertale's pretty great. Uh, and that's my final review. So pick it up and we'll see you next time. <laughs> but actually, Undertale came out in, I believe, 2015. Mm-hmm. Made by the prestigious Toby Fox. Yes. May he live long and prosper. <laughs> I don't really have much to say about uh, when it came out or how it came out. Yeah. But I figured we could just kind of start jumping into... I think the classic thing is it was a good year. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good year. Good vintage Undertale. Good, yeah. Something like October. I remember we were playing it at the end of the year. Uh, Dave, you actually got me into it. Because uh, this is... I'm going to say there's a category of games where they're so high on your radar. They're They're so recommended by you that i feel like i have to pick them up because on the whole there's some games you don't like and you're usually more critical about games than i am yeah i'm kind of extreme about it Mm -hmm. i'll I'll either be like i fucking hate this or i'll be like this is the best thing in the world everyone needs to appreciate but people are like dave you're fairly lethargic so whatever and then people play it six months later like hey have you played this game I'm like yeah fucking recommended that to you Do i you made that, that game what are you talking about <laughs> uh, but uh this is this is one of those games where having played it uh, off of dave's recommendation i was entirely satisfied i'll save my final thoughts on the game until the end of the podcast but spoilers also spoilers yeah it's i have a little bit too much enthusiasm and love for the game to just speak about it at a very high level and say what aspects about it are good and why you should pick it up. But it is, and you should. But I want to go into some of the nitty-gritty about why we love it and what makes it such a good game. Yeah, it's one of those games you do need to play blind, I feel like, to get the full experience. There's, It's really kind of hard now, because Undertale has somewhat of a community. Yeah, subreddits are really a bitch. <laughs> yep. Uh, but if you haven't been exposed to it yet and you have any interest in the game... As always, play it first, come back. Uh, we'll still be here. We will. As this is a recording. Sitting here. We've been dead for many years. Waiting for you. <laughs> you probably discovered this in some rubble of a building that's collapsed <laughs> after the apocalypse. And uh, hopefully there's some bottle caps or something in here you can use along with the hollow tape. But 
judging. I'm getting I'm getting a head shake, so I'm gonna move off that line. Undertale. Basically, the premise is you are a child who fell into this uh, mountain uh, of some sort and are trapped underground where all of these monsters are. This is kind of the trailer premise. This is what you would learn from that. Um, and the selling point is you can deal with the monsters in whichever way you wish. It's kill or spare is basically the, the tagline. It's uh, the RPG where you don't have to kill anyone. Yeah. But you could. I believe it was actually marketed that way, like you were saying. And I think it was one of the first, or maybe even the only, I've not done the research, uh, games where it kind of encourages that. And the, the marketing for the game doesn't really, it doesn't really highlight what the game is. They keep a lot of it under wraps, which we're not going to do. Again, uh, we're going straight into the content of the game um, and how, <laughs> how uh, meaningful it can be, depending on the, the mindset you're in when you're playing through it. Um, but essentially, uh, it opens up. It's got this nice uh, kind of theme on the, on the main menu and once you actually enter the game. What and do you mean by theme? So Undertale has uh, many tracks. It's one of those games that uh, just is up there all time for me for uh, original soundtracks. And they were composed by Toby Fox himself. And uh, they, they'll repeat some themes uh, throughout uh, different areas in the game. They'll, they'll reuse uh, some key, they're called like Liat motifs, um, which is basically a musical idea. Uh, and the main theme for the game is use several points um, and other songs that come up. And so you get this, this kind of sense that it's all tied together. Um, but the, uh, the game itself is kind of like, you can think of it as a, a like top-down isometric RPG classic thing, like an RPG maker uh, type, type style. But yeah, it's very old art style, very pixelated. Yes. You essentially have little sprites going across. It's not a graphics-intensive game which is one of the things that I think adds to it, its value because it has such great gameplay, story, the soundtrack, which you just mentioned, all ties it together. And it does a fuck ton, a literal metric fuck ton <laughs> a literal. with all of that, but without requiring the graphics intensiveness of something like Doom. Mm -hmm. It has really stylized graphics, right? It's like they were going for this kind of like Mother Ness Earthbound style. Uh, approach to the graphics yeah definitely and they sell that in this uh in this uh, newer engine that runs really smoothly um and just feels great to play but uh, as far as the actual gameplay getting in there uh that doesn't tell you a whole lot like other than the fact that to you be fair we haven't told them a whole lot either <laughs> yeah uh to start off the game doesn't tell you a whole lot you've fallen down you're in this underground and in short order you come across the first the first monster you encounter right uh, colloquially known as Goat Mom, you know. Uh, Ooh, incorrect. I guess is you that... actually first meet Flowey the Flower. That's right. This is your first interaction in the game, and he's speaking to you in a very chipper, happy manner, saying like, "Oh, hey, welcome to the underground. I'm gonna show you some uh, friendliness pellets. Try and collect as many as you want." Mm. So, one of the key mechanics of the game, um, for uh, character interactions or combat, if you will. You have a little box, and with within you have your red heart, which you can move with your WASD or arrow keys. Mm -hmm. And the friendliness pellets come from outside the box into it. 
And if you get hit by it, he essentially gets very upset, and you see his demeanor change from very happy to borderline demonic. Yes. He, and has, then, a, he has a messed up face, right? Yeah. He's got this evil looking... It starts out as like a very... Face. I could Even myself could draw an MS Paint type mm-hmm. happy flower. Kind of like a, 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 like a daisy sort of yeah. sunflower looking thing. But then you see that shift, and you're like, the fuck is actually going on in this game? Then the character who Jake was just mentioning, Goat Mom, kind of shows up, rescues you. Mm-hmm. Her and name is Toriel. Yeah, and it's worth noting, Flowey at this point says uh, his his mo- his outlook on the world is kill or be killed. Right? He's just like, you, you, you idiot. You just walked into like my attack. You're so dumb. And just to defend my earlier point, I actually just call Flowey Goat Mom. So I don't agree with the community <laughs> on some terminology. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, it's at this point you've been introduced to Flowey. You ha- see his very jaded view on the world, and then you meet Toriel, who is just pure, pure nicety. Mm-hmm. Uh, colloquially called Goat Mom because she's a a goat lady and very motherly in nature. Yes, and she essentially walks you through the ruins and guides you and teaches you how to solve some of these puzzles. Just hold your hand. Yeah. Yeah. She literally walks you through, yeah. like, traps and stuff like that. Part of the name for Toriel is Tutorial, <laughs> which I didn't realize until later, sadly. I didn't actually realize that And maybe that Jake didn't now. realize until just now. Okay, <laughs> we're learning, we're learning. No, that's crazy. But she, she has this super motherly demeanor, even if you're going into this game. And when I created my first character, I named him Murder, and the game called me out. It said, that's a little on the nose, don't you think? And I immediately already knew I was going to enjoy like some game. of this kind yeah. of witty retort. I already like liked this character. It's hard. You can't hate her if you have a soul. <laughs> yeah. The key thing is having that soul. Because yeah. I know at least one or two who are not fans of the game, but mm-hmm. they have the reasons. Right. They're wrong, but they have the reasons. True, true. Uh, but yeah, she, she guides you through all that, right? You uh, end up, uh, she's kind of telling you about the underground. She's like, you can stay here. She has this nice house. Uh, she lets you take a nap, provide you some butter, a slice of butterscotch pie uh, that you can then hold on to. It's there in your inventory. Um, but basically says like, hey, you know, you can stay here. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, you can't leave. There's no way out. But, you know, I'll take care of you. So here you go here's a nice room it's already like furnished everything yeah. looks nice it's not like a creepy vibe type sort of deal that you usually get in a game if you were a kid walking in they're just like <laughs> we'll adopt you uh it's all very warm yeah and... she's very altruistic in nature mm-hmm. actually to tie back a previous episode of the podcast where we were talking about fury uh the angel lady who offers to take care of you yeah the song yeah in the same way your character wants to progress and get out because you just fell into this foreign place right you want to get back home basically and the only way you're going to do that is to go through the ruins through the monster civilization and out the other side right and as you as you find out eventually um there's there's a reason that you can't get out the other side and there's a reason that toriel wants you to stay here and it's for your own good it really is for your own good yeah so basically, you figure out through um, pushing her a little bit that she doesn't want you to go past this point because Asgore, ooh, evil name, yes, has essentially killed other kids that have gone through there mm-hmm. to essentially take their souls 
for a later revealed purpose. So she doesn't want to see you become to, sorry, fuck, fall to the same end. Jumping on my words here. It's all good. Yeah, she doesn't want you to just walk through and die. She doesn't want uh, this, uh, Asgore, who turns out to you know be her husband, now what? estranged, uh, spoilers, uh, uh, to to kill you too. Um, and there's there's more going on. Like like Dave said, we'll get into it, but uh, it boils down to uh, you you need to move forward, right? You've got to you can't just sit here and wait and live out your life in a house. So, I mean, you could, but the game wouldn't progress and you'd be sitting at your computer forever. Um, so you head downstairs, head into that basement, kind of follow her through. She's just like, stop following me. <laughs> and she yeah. goes up and her plan is exit. to go and actually destroy the exit permanently. Mm. Just let it cave in. Do you mind if I jump into, um, my experience at this point? Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So setting the stage, we've played through the game for about an hour. It's very warm. It's very witty in its humor. The monsters that you encounter, and I didn't kill anything at this point. I was avoiding everything. You have the options of attacking, or you can talk to them, or do other unique interactions where they're yeah, like, you can check let's them, not right? fight. Yeah. yeah. You get some witty kind of dialogues. There. Yeah. So I've gone through all that. Toriel's accepted me into her home as essentially a family member. And we're at the edge of the ruins. And basically you're put into a fight with her. She's like, hey, if you want to get past here, you have to actually prove that you're going to be able to make it out there. Because yeah. I don't want to just let you go. So you have combat with her. The music for the fight is very somber. And her character changes a little bit. Because mm. usually she's very happy, very warm. Mm. But you see her kind of looking past you. And the dialogue says that. Mm-hmm. in the fight as well she's stern yeah yeah and so i'm trying to do every other option i can for like let's not fight let's not fight i like you goat mom i don't want to do anything to you mm-hmm. and so eventually you find out you're like okay i actually do have to do something right so i start attacking her thinking because it's, it's explained earlier in the game certain monsters you can attack low enough and they'll say like oh hey they don't want to fight anymore because they don't want to die right right so I'm like, this seems like my only option. So you're chipping down her health, and like I'm measuring out how much of her bar it's taking away each time. And then there's another hit that happens. Yeah, I think if you it, have her down to like a third or something. Yeah, you, you essentially just crit, and you fucking explode her. It is insane how much damage you do. Pretty now this throws slash. everybody for a loop. Yeah. But as she's dying, and she's saying like, I wish you the best, et cetera, et cetera. I was already at a very emotional point at this point in the game and at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so you walk past her, you go out the other side, and then it does a fade to black. It says Undertale by Toby Fox. Now, I thought that was the game in its entirety at that point. <laughs> it's just like, like oh, it's no. just, it was going to some credits. And I was like, holy shit, that short amount of game actually really impacted me. Mm. And it's just sucker punched me in the emotional gut yeah and i also feel a little bit upset for spending 20 dollars on that (laughs) (laughs) but then like shortly after if i can go a little bit further uh you're walking and it's very quiet there isn't really much music you're kind of walking through like a dark wooded area and you're like oh this is still some heavy shit is this what this game's gonna be and then a dark figure comes up from behind you 
And this is like a scroller, right? You're walking yeah. from the left to the right. Left to the right. And you see something following you, and it kind of like locks your character in. There's like a slow walk up. Yeah. And they put out their hand. It's like, don't you know how to say hello? And you're like, uh. <laughs> so your character puts out their hand. Off goes the arm. And you hear. <laughs> the guy had like a, a whoopee cushion in his hand, and you're like, what the fuck is this game? Yeah. So, so that's that's my initial introduction into this, but I was already sold because I was on this emotional roller coaster of such deep lows to the that actually broke my sadness entirely. It yeah. just really lightened the mood. Yeah, and I think that's that's one thing this game does really well. Like this leads into the next section that that uh, guy you uh, encounter with the whoopee cushion is Sands. He's a, a skeleton that makes some just terrible jokes and is super lazy. And just seems to just take everything in life in stride. Yeah. Um, just wants, he's perfectly fine just being your friend and his brother, Papyrus, which you meet not long after. You hide behind a lamp that is shaped exactly like your character model. Yeah, it's called a conveniently shaped lamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, kind of like start to make your way through. You meet more monsters. Um, but uh, it, the game gives you like some time to. Uh, kind of adjust to what you've been doing right like the the impact of the fight with toriel and make some new friends realize you know hey <laughs> it's not the rest of the monsters are necessarily bad yeah. you know it's not her she's the good one everybody else is terrible it's going to turn into like a hack and slash <laughs> yeah as you're going through the town everyone is pretty standard townspeople granted they're monsters and they're not human like you mm-hmm. and you'll occasionally still have some random encounters from some monsters you'll have to avoid fighting or fight if you choose to right while in between having still these antics with sans and papyrus mm-hmm. where papyrus wants to capture you as a human because he wants to hand you into asgore and get a promotion he wants to become a member of the royal guard so mm-hmm. that's his motivation yeah but he as the polar opposite to his brother is very excitable and motivated and he's always talking in a very loud i shouldn't say talking He's beeping, yeah, yeah. basically. All of the, quotes, voices in this game, it's the scrolling dialogue, but everyone has their own intonations in a similar way to Animal Crossing. Yeah, and a font. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're all very unique in that way, and you, you pick up on it pretty quick, what the archetype is. But as you go into like these silly antics with Papyrus and Sands, you're like, I like these guys. I, yeah. They're just a bunch of puns, bunch of jokes, uh, super super friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's super difficult to dislike them, and the the world kind of opens up. You like you'll uh, find a town eventually. You'll see their houses. You see like the monsters are living down here. This isn't like, yeah, it's all underground, but it is like well developed. They have nice houses. They have a Christmas tree. They have all this stuff. You're like uh monsters that you uh spare show up later in the game. Like they'll just be at a bar, you know? Um there's a lot of really the the actual design for the characters you encounter and it feels bad to actually call them monsters because a lot of them aren't. There's like uh the the dog couple, there's Napsta Bluke, there's yeah. all of these great characters that uh you know maybe they'll fight you for one reason or another but they don't really want to or they have some other motivation yeah and if you can figure out what that is you can you know get through the fight without uh killing them you can kind of diffuse the situation Mm -hmm. and the game does make it a little more difficult if you're playing through that way because 
you get experience when you fight monsters, right? So if you get experience, you'll get like more max health, do more damage, stuff like that. Um, and you know, if you choose to avoid all of that, you have more characters to uh, to keep it going. And uh, the tone of the game stays pretty light. Like for me, my character again named Murder. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be Edge Lord. I'm gonna go through here. Uh, like I had killed some characters, and I started to feel you know pretty bad about it. And the consequences in the game were there. Like um, places just seemed like depopulated. Yeah. Know? And I was just like, I just don't feel good about myself. And for the dog couple specifically, it's one of those unique fights where it, you're fighting two of them at the same time. So they technically have, they each have their own combat mechanic going across the screen, which are in the form of two giant axes. Mm-hmm. But if you kill one of them, the other one just looks sad and starts crying and refuses to attack you. Yeah, I think it's the guy in particular. Yeah, because I think the I think the female dog will still like fight you. Is she in rage? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, but the male dog just whimpers, and he was just like, "I am the scum." <laughs> yeah, I want to point out at this point. Um, one thing I really like about Undertale is each different monster or boss has unique mechanics. Like you're still the heart that's trying to move around and avoid things kind of like a bullet hell sort of simulator. a soft bullet hell yeah yeah but there are white either projectiles or objects you have to avoid right and you, you take turns it's a turn-based yeah. game they you'll fight whatever you're fighting avoid their attack hopefully not take any damage and then you can make your attack and it's kind of just a timing attack like mm-hmm. a golf simulator or something like that where you try to uh, zero in in the middle and make a hit to do more damage yeah yeah or in the the case, there's some other. The other option is spare, and sometimes you can spare monsters if they're in like a certain state, like you mentioned earlier. Um, and other monsters you can just spare out. Right, you're just like, all right, I don't want to fight you. Let's be friends. There's one called I think Whimsome, mm-hmm. who just it looks very meek and like very scared, like a little fairy. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> so you have the option to spare them immediately. Yeah, they're just oh thank god. <laughs> other ones like, I think it's Mold Small. It's like it looks like a little gelatin. That kind of wiggles around. Yeah. And um, so that you had to flirt with or something. Yeah, you can like flirt with it. It's like yeah. it doesn't understand, but it appreciates like, the compliment anyway. Type so it's thing. A, like vibrator, yeah. or whatever it was. There's lots of weird, unique interactions like that, but really adds personality to each character. I'll say instead of monster. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, like I said, I was growing as I was going through the game, fighting some of these monsters and characters. I grew increasingly uncomfortable with my own choices, experiencing yeah. that cognitive dissonance. So did you stop killing things at that point? or I think it took me a while. Oh. <laughs> but eventually... Guilt does not stop Jake immediately. I, I tried close. to like buckle down, and I still, I still regret it. And so you were trying to do it out of spite initially? I kind of wanted to see what would happen if I just okay. went all in. Uh, like, morbid curiosity. And you know, a lot of games they don't care. They don't care if you kill all the characters. It's just like you're like you're playing an RPG or something like that. Sometimes you can just kill people, you know, you know just townspeople, whatever, it doesn't matter, fallout, something. Uh maybe you limit your options a little bit, but it's just part of the game. It doesn't doesn't matter that much. This is the game. Yeah. Like how you interact with the characters and how you treat them is the point of Undertale. Um and no, that's not to say there isn't a story. You progress uh, through the game. You encounter many uh, interesting characters. We mentioned Napsta Bluke. Uh, we mentioned uh, Sans Papyrus. 
Um, you are chased by uh, Undyne at some point uh, as she tries to tries to capture you and take you out. Yeah, she actually is a member of the Royal Guard, and compared to Papyrus, who's a he's like a trainee, right? <laughs> she's much more menacing than Papyrus. She's in this heavy armor. You kind of see like the glints of her eyes through the helmet, and it has this ominous music. And there's a lot of these encounters with her where you're just avoiding attack because she's she's out for blood trying to get you. Yeah, she throws these like huge blue spears that deal damage to you or cause combat in some instances. And in general, you just run away from her. She's like a little kid uh, who kind of doesn't understand the situation and is like a really big fan of her and wants to be your friend. And uh, it's just like, oh no, you should meet her. It'll be great. And you're just like, eh. That's not so much, kid. Thank you, though. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's you, you're just going through here. I mean, and she really kind of introduces the concept of um, some of the monsters really don't like you right like they're willing to actually take you out yeah um to go back real quick as part of the intro before you fell in they kind of gave a brief plot synopsis on essentially the humans and the monsters had a war mm -hmm. which had been ongoing for a while and then at some point the humans kind of won and pushed them back into the mountain in which case they went underground right so not everybody has these warm fuzzy opinions about humans right it's very true and uh, you encounter some other characters that uh, have pretty big impact on the on the story too. You encounter Alphys, who's kind of this nerdy. Um, she's she's kind of reclusive, doesn't know how to deal with you at all. Socially awkward, yeah. I think is right uh, to say. A hundred percent socially awkward. Like if there was a zero on the social scale, speech zero. Yeah, fucking failed. <laughs> but, but there's Alphys's robot, right. Metaton. Metaton, Metaton's a fan favorite. Yeah, I think uh, introduced in uh, a singing segment or something like that, where he's serenading you, or what was it? I think when you first encounter him, you're at Alphys' lab, you meet Alphys a little bit, then he kind of pops out of the wall, and he's like, hey, I'm here to get human blood. <laughs> yeah, so I've come for the human. <laughs> combat starts with him, but instead of typical combat where you're avoiding things, he, he makes it a quiz show. And you have to answer these questions really quickly. And he games it, right? Yeah. So I remember one of the questions was like, uh, it was numerical. Yeah. It's like how many characters are in this or something like that. And then it stretches all across the screen the as text it's coming keeps rolling down. Around, yeah, yeah, you're just like, oh my gosh. But if you're paying attention, Alphys will actually use hand signals to kind of give you a clue for which one the right answer is. Yeah. She kind of like cheats in the background, helps you out. She gives you a phone too. That's nice. Those are expensive yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean eventually it culminates in this this uh, fight with metaton same deal you know you can um spare him or not um depending on your actions um and there's there's a lot of like other characters there's basically a series of bosses you're going through you go through muffet who's this like spider uh who has an amazing song like so many of these bosses have really really great songs that you should mm -hmm. go out and listen to the ost for um and sometimes they have like special mechanics like um i was gonna say the uh for muffet it's the lines oh yeah yeah where essentially you're on spider webs but it's like three tracks you can go up or down but you have to avoid things she's sending down the spider webs yeah and then during the encore of the song the whole screen shifts and you're actually falling down 
And you have to keep jumping up the webs because she has this pet bug that's coming up from the bottom of the screen trying to eat you. Yeah, they, they really play with... Because you basically have this uh, this square is your interactive space mm-hmm. when you're the, in heart form and you're avoiding attacks and things. And the game lets you like get used to that. And then it's like, all right, well, we don't care. And then we'll manipulate the shape of the your actual playable space. Yeah, It loves to do that. As soon as you're comfortable, it's like, all right, well, now this extends all the way off to the right and down and up. And now it's elongated and all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is like some of the... the decision making the coding the writing for this uh game allows you to do really interesting things like you can get some information or items that you can use later and a good example of that's the muffet fight like if you um there's a, a spider product that you can get earlier it's like spider pie or something like that yeah you can buy an item from the spider bake sale which yeah. is at the beginning of the ruins before you go into toriel's house yeah it's really early and it's like a relatively expensive item and you might use it for i think healing but if you get all the way to the muffet fight and you like use the item in front of her she's just like oh like you supported you know spider kind or whatever basically and the fight stops you instantly win at that point and you can go through yeah um and otherwise it's like you know relatively difficult boss fight and I just I love when games do stuff like that when they they have all these extra features and ways you can approach the situation uh, Undertale is the Deus Ex. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'll cut that. Don't worry. I'm gonna leave it in. But the way I think it relates to Dark Souls is <laughs> yeah, Undertale Souls like. It's oh, her favorite favorite line, definitely. But uh, yeah, you're continuing through. You're learning about the the world. Um, meeting interesting characters they have uh, a lot of really cool um, designs there's at one point before you enter this the area called the core um, there's uh, basically a fast food attendant and he's not only animated hilariously he uh, has great dialogue he's just like I literally don't have time for the world to end like I'm on the clock like my manager is <laughs> gonna fire me all this stuff's going on depending on like uh what's going on outside and he's just he's got great animations there's him with like smoking or something in one of them and he looks like super super chill and other times he's really stressed out and he's like pulling his face down like i'm so stressed (laughs) it's really great i'll have to just get a picture of him put that as the uh the icon for this one but this podcast but uh he's amazing there's the uh the thames and timmy timmy's great timmy's great and designed uh by the artist uh who you know is also also goes by that right yeah it's it is time the artist right yeah i was like i I doubted myself for a second but uh all these like ridiculous mechanics there's a way you can get kind of like infinite money in a playthrough in a standard playthrough by getting a uh you go to like grasp this like powerful orb or something like that an artifact and then the annoying dog comes up which is a recurring character which is there to be annoying grabs it from you and then puts like dog residue in your inventory which you can then use which fills your inventory with dog residue and then another item called dog salad randomly (laughs) and every time you use any of the dog residue it fills up your inventory again yeah and you can sell that stuff off (laughs) to make money in the uh the tem shop or the the item shop (laughs) yeah uh, and I just I just love stuff like that. The game's got amazing writing. I can't go through all of the jokes. Yeah. 
and we don't want to spoil all the jokes either. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is going through meeting these unique characters, seeing the wit of the game. But I I would argue that every character, except for maybe Alphys, mm-hmm. I think is really well designed and funny. Yeah. And unique. And it's not that the design for Alphys is bad. So she's meant to be obnoxious, yeah. I think. So they succeed. Yeah. <laughs> The character does uh, the role very well. Yes. Sold. <laughs> but uh, you do progress through the game. Like, you're, you're moving area by area. If you're fighting monsters and killing them, you're getting stronger, getting better gear, equipment, defensive and offensive. Offensive doesn't matter if you're not killing them, obviously. But, um, but you're going through, and you can kind of piece together just, like, a lot of the situation. There's a library at some point, I believe, in the yeah. town Snowden, um, which... Uh, you can read some books there and it kind of tells you about the perspective of how things are going uh, from the pers- from the perspective of the monsters and um, they see you know Asgore is this you know righteous uh, leader a king that's kind of uh, protecting them giving them hope you can kind of you can go through it at a slower pace and you really just appreciate the game I think a lot more if you do that and this is usually I kind of like power through games to a certain extent. Not to say I don't go for completion. I'll complete side quests and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is this is kind of a game you can just sit back and play, and just enjoy the writing and not skip dialogue. Yeah, it's not a two monitor game. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely not. Definitely takes your full attention. But uh, regardless of what you do, you end up at the end, right? You end up before Asgore. Yeah, in that throne room. Which, from Toriel, you've heard, and his name always comes up in red text, because yeah. he's like the final boss, right? They play with that. They, they like to manipulate the text a little bit, special special noun or something, make it yeah. blue or red or something. So you're going with a lot of anticipation, a lot of apprehension, but also, after you finish your fight with Papyrus, he's like, oh, Asgar? Asgore? Mm-hmm. He's just like a big fluffy teddy bear he's like the yeah. nicest guy ever i've yeah. met him a couple of times super comfortable <laughs> so you're like that seems a little bit odd yeah and you're not really sure what to expect but when you finally get to the throne room there's just all these flowers and he's just like casually watering them just taking mm-hmm. care of his garden he's like oh hello like yeah. hi how's it going there yeah. <laughs> you want some tea i think he does like invite you for yeah. tea right make some tea for you he's very nice and civil but that when it gets down to brass tacks, he's like, this, hey, I really don't want to do this, Yeah, but I need to do this for my people. I need to take your soul so you can break out of the barrier and go back to the top world again, back where we belong, back where we can be free. And there's some foreshadowing for it, too. You can actually go down, like, underneath, like, the castle, take like, mm-hmm. the south route, and see that there's uh, coffins, basically lined up like full coffins and then one that's empty you're like oh snap that's for me <laughs> hop right in there <laughs> Game <Scoot man>. on. <laughs> one of the things i really liked about the asgore fights i obviously don't want to detail every single fight right but like we said before you always have the option to attack mm-hmm. you have the option to use items you have the option to check him check yeah. and see if you can do a different action like oh what other stats or can Talk I, to him, I do, do any dialogue or anything? Mm-hmm. And then you have the option for mercy at the right side, which you can either try and run away, or you can try and spare them if that's an option. Mm-hmm. So as soon as the fight starts with Asgore, you see he has this 
big ass trident. Yeah. You see his face change to like a, vi- a visor instead. And then he takes the trident and just fucking destroys your mercy option. Yeah, literally like, the button. Oh. <laughs> stabs through it, breaks it, and yeah. no spare in this guy. And yeah, you have to you have to fight your way through there. And it's like this is this is your way out. He's uh, guarding this this barrier that leads to above ground. And in order to get through him, you're gonna have to beat him. And uh, he's not a not a very easy boss. Like he's got amazing music. It's like Bertrand King or something like that. That's the intro for the actual fight. Right. Okay. What was the actual? Do you remember the? I don't remember the name of the track. No. No, it's fine. It's all right. You already listened to the OST, so should be here. Um, but it's it's a very difficult fight, and if you finally kind of like whittle him down, you you have the option in the end after he's kind of like collapsed. He's like, okay, fin- like finish me off, take my soul, like ascend uh, through the barrier, and be be free. Right? Yeah. He tells you to do that, and you can choose to spare him in that or not. But whether you do or not, uh. Basically, Flowey comes back. Yeah, either destroys Asgore's soul. Yep. If you chose to uh, to kill him, just like shatter the soul in the air, basically, because there's this cool animation where they kind of break apart, and for monsters they like disperse, for humans they shatter, and uh, yeah, he then uh, fights you as this final monstrous boss form having claimed the human souls that Asgore was kind of collecting, uh, you being the final one so he could shatter this barrier, bring all the monsters through. Um, and Flowey takes those souls, uh, uh, basically assimilates them into his being and becomes this monstrous screen, huge, wide uh, uh, beast, basically. Yeah, but this is where the art style changes because mm-hmm. there's a lot of just random fucking assets they put in yeah this was like, made by a different is, guy uh, yeah yeah it's photoshop he is a true monster mm-hmm. unlike anything you've seen and his attacks are crazy and they'll, like sweep off parts of the screen and there's so many projectiles but essentially you're going through and calling help from the other souls which are inside flowey to help you out yeah and he manipulates the game. Flowey will, uh, he has so much power with these human souls. Because human souls in like the, the, the lore here, you can figure out some of it in the library. Yeah. They're very powerful. They're more powerful than monster souls. Um, they're capable of like holding determination, which is something you use throughout the game to... Yeah, we'll touch on that more in a second. Yeah, we'll get back to determination. But um, with all of this power, uh, Flowey gains the meta ability to save and reload the game at will. So he'll put you in situations where uh, you basically are going to be hit by an attack and then just save and you'll die to the attack. Then he'll just reload and you'll die to the attack. And he, he uses save states, literally. Yeah. And even if he doesn't instantly kill you with them, some of his attacks, he'll he'll you'll like dodge an attack, then he'll reload before you dodge the attack and you'll have to move really quickly uh, to avoid the new one. And it's just absolutely crazy metagame nonsense, and I love it. Sorry, that's my input on Flowey. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is definitely a, a good fight. I don't want to necessarily spoil everything of that portion. But to touch a little more on Determination, which Jake mentioned, throughout the game you have these little save points, which are detailed by little 
flashing yellow stars, you have the option to save your game there. And it says something about your area, like, oh, the rustling of the leaves fills you with determination. Right. Which you think is just a phrasing initially. Yeah. And they do it throughout the game, like, oh, the hope that the one day the mouse will come out of its hole to get the cheese fills you with determination. Right. So you keep seeing this come up a lot, but you think it's just... All caps determination. Yeah, you think it's just a thing that the game's trying to encourage. And if you ever fail in the game and die Mm. to a monster or boss fight, it says, don't worry, character, stay determined. Yeah. It takes you back to your save point. Yep. And later on in the game, you find out that determination is something that you have as a human to keep persisting on, keep persisting through death. Essentially, it explains how you are able to reload saves, Mm. how you are able to do certain things. Mm. You can basically shape reality in a limited sense. You can restore reality to a previous point just through force of will. So it's discovered later on around this point that Flowey also has determination. And Flowey has been around for a really long-ass time and with his jaded view of the world wants to assume that power of the souls and asgore's soul mm-hmm. to essentially break out from the underground and kill all humans and everything yeah, yeah. not a great guy <laughs> no <laughs> no not not super redeemable but uh but like you said you you managed to beat him in the end thanks to calling out to the uh the souls contained within flowey and basically like uh, have them turn against him he loses their uh, the ability to utilize them they heal you up a bit like in some of the combat phases um and uh you you finally get to the point where you're like all right you beat him he's like oh no how are you doing this oh it's all crazy like you're not supposed to be able to do this and he just loads the save and resets and he's just like no though <laughs> you don't actually have power here i control this game yeah but Finally, after resisting death all these times, the uh, the souls of the humans surround Flowey and uh, refuse his ability to manipulate them, basically. So he loses the ability to reload saves. You can't use their determination. And uh, they, they defeat him, depower him, and you finally have the option to either kill him or spare him. Which is pretty much the theme of the entire game. Right. Kill or spare Exactly. You've come up to this point. What if you learn from your actions and experiences? Are you going to take out the baddie or are you Mm going to show him some mercy? Are we the baddies? (laughs) The recurring theme. (laughs) Um, But uh, that choice comes down to you, dear listener, if you play the game. Uh, That's basically, Dave and I had discussed uh, on the side whether we wanted to go further as far as spoilers. But I think we'd rather leave it up to you guys to check out if you want to do a full pacifist run or if you want to do a full genocide run. Uh, each one's going to give you a little more insight into the overarching plots of the game. Get a little more lore. Yeah, we basically uh, explained some but not all of the events of the neutral route, which is a necessary start to the game. Uh, the next playthrough is where you can go either full... Uh, genocide pacifist or continue neutral again yeah and the game does track you know like um certain things uh are are maintained and recorded so it knows what you've done in the past and i think that's that's great it makes playing replaying the game feel like 
really awesome. Um, and I always love meta features like that in games. Undertale is one of the, the original ones. I've played some other games have done some meta stuff, you know, like Doki Doki or Pony Island, other things like that. Anything that actually involves game files, yeah. I think for you is a big, big win. I'm just like, oh boy, I'm busting out the hex out here again. <laughs> but, uh, so usually this is where I say that the game is great. The game is not great. The game is excellent. Undertale is a contender for one of my favorite games. Period. Yeah, that's it. Jake's not going to add of all time. It just yeah. throughout time and space. Possibly just my favorite game. To add on to what Jake's saying, I obviously share this sentiment. Um, for the people who actually know me, which probably the only people who are listening, I have an Undertale tattoo on my left arm, which says, Stay Determined. And then it has a little heart, and underneath it has Undyne's spear. So that's for me and my depression and own issues. But it's also symbolic of just paying homage to the game. I cannot express enough how little justice I am doing the game in this podcast. It really does mean a lot to me and Jake. And it has so much good content. It doesn't even, you don't even need to wait for it to be on sale. It's such a cheap game. Or reach out to me. I might just buy it for you. Yeah. I, but, I, I bought like three copies yeah, or something exactly. after I bought the game. And every time like I have people who are over and they they don't have a drink in their hand, I'm like, hey, you should come check out this uh, this game. And I do force it upon people. But it's because I love it so much and I want people to experience it on their own. Yeah. You guys haven't been able to track this because, I mean, of course, I've cut it out. Dave broke into tears at least five times over the course of this Jake, podcast. Jake, don't tell them. All right. I'll cut that too. Don't worry. Thank you. But yeah, we welcome you to come join the fandom, check out the game, check out the soundtrack, check out the remixes, check out people's fan posts and fan Don't art. Do Don't do that now. <laughs> well, stay off of certain fan sites for sure, but a lot of cool things out there, and we hope you guys check it out. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for listening to another episode of The Soapstone, and we will see you guys in the next one. Bye.